¿Qué pasó, cochinos and sucias? I'm that Mato Gallo. Welcome to another episode of Sucias Are My Favorite. On today, I have a friend of mine from Roller Derby. We haven't seen each other face-to-face in a several years, but uh, we've gone to know each other for about eight years now, five, six years, for a while. We have a mutual respect for each other. We like to bust each other's balls. She's uh, a Yankee, so I won't hold that against her, but she's come to see the light and now lives in Texas. I'd like to introduce you all to my friend and Roller Derby skater, Valerie Mercury. Hello. Hey, Val, have you been? What's going on with you in your life? You've been doing some interesting things lately. Um, mostly uh, working. I have uh, two jobs. I work for the state. I do quality management, so I review uh, social service programming. Um, and I also, you know, some weekends I work in the ER and I do crisis counseling, you know, to give me extra money, help get me out of debt so that I can hopefully eventually have one job and do fun things like traveling. Um, mostly I've just been like working out. Um, I do a lot of roller skating. I joined an all women's boxing gym. Uh, so I do a lot of boxing. And the reason I had you on is I saw a Facebook post recently, which I am rarely on Facebook lately. I saw you post about a guy that you were dating or seeing for a while. And then you asked to see what was going on or was going to be, if it was going to go anywhere, be anything serious. And then he just ghosted you. No, no. He told me he wanted to. Oh shit. So I misread that. Okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. So you met, I think I saw you at the post that somebody you met seven months ago. How did that all come together? So we started talking on Tinder, maybe in like December and we met up uh, in January and we've been, you know, dating and seeing each other since January. I had wanted to keep it casual because I'm, you know, I'm not in a rush um, and I like to get to know people first. And so we were kind of really getting to know each other, having a good time. You know, like we both have busy lives, um, you know, and, you know, friends, our own activities and work. So it, it was a real low pressure situation, which is what I wanted. I had a lot of fun. We talked almost daily and, you know, we saw each other several times a month. And then maybe three weeks ago, he had expressed to me that he wished that, you know, we were that we would spend more time together um, and that I would communicate with him a bit more. You know, he wanted to uh, meet my friends and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, you know, I'm game for that. I'm, you know, I'm glad you said that to me. Like, yeah, let's do it. And so I attempted to make plans with him like a couple different times and he sort of pulled away um you know he was just too busy and i was like okay like whatever like you tell me when you're free then um and then the he just started he got like really weird and kind of distant and just kept like apologizing and apologizing to me and i was like i'm not really sure what you're sorry for you know i was kind of like well you know i was like i'm not really sure what the disconnect is here you know you like you said you wanted to spend more time together and now you you kind of either don't have time or you don't want to. I mean, like, it's fine. Like, if something's going on, you know, just let me know. And he was like, no, 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 that's not it. That's not it. And I was like, okay. And then messaged me, uh, I think, last week and was like, you know, begged to see me during the weekend. And I was like, yeah, like, sure, like, let's hang out. And then he, I guess he was on, like, a work trip in Houston, you know, and he was texting me all night Friday night about it. And so Saturday I asked him, um, you know, did you want to hang out? Saturday or Sunday and he was like oh he's like I just got back from you know this work trip I'm really tired let's hang out tomorrow and so I messaged him on Sunday to ask what time no response like nothing 
and then you know i messaged him a little later and i was kind of you know i just kind of explained that you know like i feel like your you know your words and actions don't really match i was like this is kind of really hurtful to just not respond like you know just let me know what's going on where you're at like was there an emergency what happened and nothing he just totally ghosted me didn't respond to anything that's that's a, that's a little weird because i mean it seems like you had some communication beforehand so mm -hmm. Maybe something came up or whatever. I'll get to some suspicions later, but I want to clarify a few things. You've known him for several months. Mm -hmm. Do you know like his family situation? If he's an only child, multiple siblings? He has a brother and a sister. His parents are divorced. Um, his mom um, is from another country and she was visiting at the start of the pandemic and she got, you know, she got stuck in another country for a whole year due to the pandemic. And then she just recently got back to Texas. So like I knew, you know, he wanted to spend a lot of time with his mom. So, you know, like that was part of like the business too, was going to see his mom. So, you know, I don't blame him for that. Now him growing up, like when did his parents get divorced? Like when he was a teenager, a kid? He was like six, I think he said. Okay. So he was young. So it was basically essentially a single mom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Did you, do you know what his connection is or how his relationship with his father is? And like, I don't need a specific nationality, but is he like Latin, Middle Eastern, European? Um, He's, he's uh, black and Latinx. Um, as for his relationship with his dad doesn't sound like it's, you know, very good. Like he, he made like a couple snarky comments about his dad and then never really brought it up again. So I, I didn't press, you know, I'm, I am a therapist. So by my trade, I spend a lot of my professional hours, like, you know, pulling teeth and asking questions in creative ways to get more information from people. And in my personal mm -hmm. life, I just try not to do that to people first off right. the clock. Secondly, I just, I don't think it's a nice dynamic to, to have. So I strongly feel like if you want me to know something, you'll tell me. And if you don't, that's okay. We hadn't had a discussion about being exclusive. Um, right. So I didn't, I didn't, pre and I was okay with that. Like, I didn't really press things about that. You know, I understand that like, if you're, if you're dating multiple people, you know, sometimes if you're not going to respond to messages and stuff, because maybe you're on a date with somebody else and you uh, don't, you know, you don't want to bring that up. And I'm not, and I'm not going to press it, you know? No, and that's, that's totally great because a lot of people, or sorry, females in relationships and stuff, when they're trying to get everything together, in my experience from females sharing information with me about their dating relationships and the, and the issues that they have, because a lot of uh, Alamo City skaters that I spoke with kind of had a similar problem that they would be talking to someone they're dating. Although the difference is that they would bring up something serious, like, okay, are we going to be serious or are we just going to keep it? But it wasn't so much that they were asking, Hey, I want to be serious. It was more of asking, Hey, are we, are we keeping the status quo? Or are we moving up that way? She, that way they knew mm -hmm. how to maneuver this is what they were doing. This is them telling me. So I didn't hear the conversation. I'm just getting one-sided. I could see where it could come off as, you know, from the other skaters saying, well, seeming like they want a relationship versus just clarification, right? Yeah. And from the way he was raised, um, is his mother is his mother black or Latina? Both. So it's kind of tough because there's there's a lot of you know different dynamics, especially single motherhood and, and Latinx, and then if his mother's first generation or second, or even the immigrant herself. She's she's an immigrant herself. Okay, so that so it's weird because most immigrant Latinas that I know are very well. They're either, they're either for or against the whole machismo thing of, of having the family, putting everything together, mm -hmm. the man being the head of the household. And I don't know if she helped raise her son that way, or maybe she didn't like the way the machismo she saw growing up, because there's the, the dark side of it where father, the male provides for the family. And with that, he uses that as an excuse to go ahead and fool around and do things on the side, or because he can't manage his money or he's in a poor situation. Mm -hmm. The only way he can, um, not, I guess, seek solace or, or find... Um, you know, a hole to bury himself under 
would be either drinking or women. It's usually one of the two. And then that could stem into abuse, physical abuse, verbal abuse, all that other stuff. So if the mother saw that growing up, then yeah, she's going to totally want the opposite. You know, she doesn't want her son to be the same way. So in a sense, and like you said, you don't know the dynamic. So I'm, I'm just, I guess, speculating, but from his actions, I would guess she went to the other side to where she doesn't want that much. She's she didn't want her son to be that way through other, um, like I said, with skaters. Mm-hmm. And it was a pattern that I wasn't noticing because I was dealing with, okay, your specific situation with this guy and what's going on instead of looking at the bigger picture, how they were raised, what they're seeing. And so the disconnect I had, I grew up with a single mother, but she raised me to be a man, be a gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, so I had my parents together. They got divorced when I was five. Um, my mom got remarried. So then I still had a male figure in my life. They got divorced. My uncle, who was a Marine or went to the Marines, who had already served in the Mexican military, came to the U.S., stayed with us. So he was a, a male figure in my life until my mother passed away. Then he joined the Marines. And then I went to live with my father. So I've always had a strong male figure in my life at some point, even though I still was raised by a single mother for the most part. Mm-hmm. So I still get that be a man of your word, regardless if it was my uncle, father, stepfather, my mother is always keep true to your words. Your, your, your actions speak louder than words. Do what you say, mean what you say, all this other stuff. Yeah. Whereas on the other hand, where I see a lot of, and you can see it in media, some, so not social media, uh, mainstream media, where a mom is raising her kid and she comes home from a bad date and she tells her kid, oh, Johnny, don't do that. I just went on a date and this guy did this and he did that. And don't be like that. And seeing and hearing that a lot, the kid decides that he doesn't want to hurt his mother. He doesn't want to hurt women. He sees that all the time. So then he adopts a lot of feminine traits insofar as you know, saying one thing, but meaning another, saying what the person wants to hear rather than saying what they mean. Mm-hmm. A, a lot of that dynamic. And I'm sure you've seen that a lot outside of dating, not just in your specific things, but other oh, yeah. friends and yeah, stuff. Yeah. And I think that's a generational thing. I don't, well, here's the thing. I don't, I don't think that this guy was necessarily, was telling me what I wanted to hear. Cause I never, I never pushed it. I was content with it being casual, you know, like I was having a good time. You know, and, and it hadn't been brought up and we'd, you know, been hanging out for so many months. And I was like, maybe this just winds up being a friends with benefits situation. Like, I'm okay with that. I like, you know, I like this guy well enough. Like, he's fun. I enjoy talking to him. I enjoy hanging out. Um, so, it, you know, like, I was kind of, I, you know, and he was just, like, super busy. So I was like, you know, he seems like he's too busy to really, like, commit to anything. And I'm okay with that. Um, so I was, I was kind of, like, astounded when he brought it up and, you know, and said all that. When, when he brings it up, I think he felt at a point, maybe pressured or maybe even saw some of his own friends settling down with someone. He's like, oh, hey, that might be a good idea or whatever. Yeah, maybe. And, and who knows what would have happened that gave him the impetus to go ahead. Okay, let me let me go ahead and propose this, not propose, um, bring this up to her. Hey, I want to be serious. Mm-hmm. And maybe it could have just been something as simple as, hey, his other one or two other females that he's talking to didn't talk to him for a week. And he says, oh, well, this one's sticking around. Let me keep talking to Val. Yeah. I'll keep talking yeah. to you, right? And then Nick, the, the whole thing could have slipped and he'd be back to his other one, two, or whatever he's doing. That, that, that's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Something made him decide and say, hey, I want, I want something more serious with you. Yeah. That's fine with him saying that. The, the problem here that I'm hearing is he doesn't follow through with that. No, he, he did not follow through with that at all. And so that, yeah, that's what I was alluding to more of his upbringing, more of his, mm-hmm. you know, him being feminized for lack of a better word, not that he's feminine. I don't know what his traits are, what he's like, but just in, uh, if you could go back and examine or look at stuff he's done before, has he followed through all the time or has he been wishy-washy? When we started seeing each other, he followed through all the time. There was one time where he 
stood me up and then like 24 hours later he messaged me there was some emergency with his mom and she lives a couple hours away and that was why he stood me up and I was like okay like I get it you know and I tried to be understand like I know that like I work in an ER and in a crisis situation and I'm used to handling any and every crisis so I'm always very calm in them most people aren't but you know I did tell him you know it's a bit hurtful that you took over 24 hours to you know to say anything I was like you couldn't just like send a quick text that's like, hey, can't meet with you tonight. I have an emergency. Can't talk right now. Like, I'm not not going to press you on it <laughs> or bother you. I'm just OK, message received. And he, you know, he was very apologetic and he stepped up his communication and was a lot better after that moment. And then, you know, like I said, we had that conversation. And during that conversation, too, he had also stated to me that he he felt like I was a little bit emotionally unavailable and he wished that I was like a little bit more emotionally vulnerable. And, you know, like and I and I told him straight up, I said, well, you know, I was like, I wasn't really sure where, you know, this situation between us was heading. I was like, you know, if you want to be closer, you want more like I'm, you know, definitely interested. I was like, but, you know, now that I know that, like, I'm really glad that you brought it up and said something, but I'm not going to you know, like open up, pour my heart out and stuff like that. If I, you know, I was also kind of feeling out the situation too. Yeah. Cause you, ha- you have to protect yourself overall. Yeah. I mean, you, you don't really just throw yourself out there and then have something used against you later. Yeah. And, and you know, it's rare. I, I've had a few relationships where the first state, I want to just vomit my whole life story and get everything to them. And, and they would do the, and they would reciprocate and do the same. But that's usually like a first date chemistry thing. That was how our first date was. I, I mean, I remember when I showed up to our first date, I was in a very, bad mood and I was very sour on dating like I thought he was an interesting person like when we talked online but I was just sour on dating because of a different situation that I had where there were like a bunch of red flags and the whole situation made me uncomfortable and I had to end it so I was just like "Ah, fucking men and then you know when I when I met up with him like we just we really hit it off like we hung out like for the whole night like all day and all night just talking like we really hit it off and had a lot of chemistry I was very surprised it's weird because usually those, or at least, of course, I'm going from my own experience. Those usually last at least a while. And it's like, okay, we're going to be committed to each other, period, in a sentence for, from now on. I'm going to drop these others. You're going to drop these others. And it could be spoken or unspoken. Yeah. 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 And I think, I think there was a period of time for both of us where we, you know, all the others were dropped. Um, and we were like very, definitely very invested in each other. But like I said, I think, I don't know what happened after he expressed that to me. It was just like, he got cold feet. That's weird. So it's been, you said seven months that y'all still first started seeing each About other? Five, five, almost six months. So right after new year's around new year's Eve. Uh, yeah. Like in, in January. Hmm. It's may, there's nothing big coming up. He's you're both in Austin too. So this is it's a very confusing situation because I was I was coming at this like from your angle, like you wanted the relationship and I wanted to know more about it. But this is still interesting. I'm still trying to like wrap my mind around it. Why a guy would still say, I want a relationship. I want to be with you or I want to be or move towards a relationship, not say, say it outright. Yeah. And then just kind of disappear, fall off. Well, it's also like I don't I don't know what happened Saturday night either. Like 930, we confirmed plans for Sunday, like let's meet up. And then Sunday, you know, I texted him and just nothing. <laughs> hmm. Now, from the time that he dropped the ball the first time when he had that emergency to uh, last weekend, did he usually say, okay, we're going to meet up this weekend? Or does he say, okay, let's meet up on this day, this time? You know, does he, does he give concrete dates or requests? 
after that moment, like, you know, we would like pick a day and then, you know, like the day of, we would pick a time to meet up. Because like just sometimes between both of us, like work would go over or something. So we would wind up meeting up later. We didn't hang out like too many weekends just because he, you know, he had already like booked some certain travel plans for the year. Um, you know, like I said, he was going to visit his mom a lot, but I mean, like he would travel and he would be texting me the whole time, like sending me pictures. <laughs> so yeah, that, that seems like a basis or more towards of a real relationship versus just friends with benefits. Yeah. How does this relationship or this scenario with this guy differ from other guys you've seen before in the last few years? I think it, it moved a lot slower. It was a lot more, it was like a lot more comfortable. I think we had a lot more things in common, you know, like we're like, we have different professions, but we work in similar fields. And so that was kind of nice. I think we, I think we were very, very similar in that we kind of had like lowbrow senses of humor, like really liked dive bars and stuff, but we're also like very smart and very educated and very engaged in like social issues and like had like a good rapport, like just discussing things. Okay. So this guy is, is, better than average, so to speak, or at least what you're used to. Yeah. Yeah. In a, in a lot of ways. Yeah. I mean, like he had, he had a better job than a lot of the other people that I've dated. He made a lot more money than a lot of the, I mean, like, not that I was like looking for that, but he just happened to. Comparing this to your dating experience in San Antonio, when you were there for, what was it? Six years. Mm-hmm. How does the overall experience in Austin dating scene seem compared to the San Antonio dating scene? There's a lot more singles in Austin. Um, and it's a much, it's like a younger crowd, I think. So it's a little bit easier in that sense. Like there's not that I'm like against like dating people with kids and stuff, but I find like in Austin, you know, there's less people who are divorced. There's less people who um, have kids. So I think that it, it's like more, I guess like you're kind of like more in like the same like development, like for me anyways, you're kind of more in the same like life stage, developmental stage. Whereas in, in San Antonio, I always felt weird because I was like, I feel like I'm like a kid and I'm like dating a grown up, and this is very strange. Okay. So I guess you were an anomaly in that sense because most of the other skaters, their complaint was they couldn't get a guy just to, comp- to commit. Like all the guys that they were seeing was just friends with benefits, one night stands. And it would, if they even mentioned anything more serious than that, then the guy would just disappear, ghost them. Oh, wow. And then they'd come back a couple of months, maybe a year later, like, oh, hey, what's going on? Like nothing ever happened. Like, Wait a minute. It's been a year. I think, I think the, the other thing with me too, is I'm, I'm very slow moving on that stuff. Like I have to really build like a solid foundation with you, like a solid, and I'm not somebody who like just meet you one night and is like head over heels. Like I'm kind of like a slow build. I really have to meet people, kind of know them, really develop a, you know, rapport with them. Um, and, you know, and, and then I kind of like develop more of those stronger feelings where I want it to be, you know, more of like a serious thing. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, even with these other girls, they were going through the same thing where it'd be a couple of months of just one night stand or friends with benefits or, or no strings attached, whatever they were having with this guy. Mm-hmm. And eventually like, Hey, you know, let's meet up and do stuff you know, anything more than just meeting up for a date or meeting up for food and hooking up, if it was more serious than that, or if they took the sex out of it, then they would just be get ghosted. Oh, wow. Well, and that, that was the other thing that was kind of weird too. So like the last date I went on with this guy uh, beyond like saying like, you know, I want to see you more. Like I want to, you know, I wish you would like include, like invite me with your friends when, you know, I wish you would have called me up and like invited me with this. He had also said like, why don't we go on real dates? Like we should go on some real dates and like go to the movies and stuff like that. 
What? So like I attempted to make that happen, you know, like that week, a bunch of my friends and I happened to be planning to go bowling and I tried to invite him along for that. And at that point, like after he had said all that, he got wishy-washy in his answers. Like instead of just saying no, he would give like a really vague non-answer that would require follow-up and then just not follow up. Like it would get to be the day of and I'd be like, so like, were you going to come along or can you not? Like what's going on? no response. And then, you know, like it would get right up to the time and I would be like, so I'm going to guess you're not coming. And then I would immediately get a response that was just like, yeah, I'm so sorry, this happened and blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I couldn't get out of this and that and blah, 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 blah. And I was, you know, and I would be like, that's fine. Like, you know, like in the future, just say, you know, just say no. Like I've been seeing you this long and hanging out with you. Like if you can't make it or literally don't want to like you don't even have to give a reason you can just say I can't because I don't want to like I'm fine like I'm not gonna blow you off or get mad about it um you know I just want to know so that you know like because you know with the pandemic like you have to make reservations to do everything I was like we need to know how many and in other instances I was like I don't want to be sitting around you know by myself on Friday or Saturday night so if you can't do something like it's fine like I'll just go hang out with my friends like I'm not gonna get bent out of shape about it I'll catch up with you when you're free just but just say no. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and I, I mean, I've known you for years and you are one of the more chill females that I know, as far as you know, that kind of stuff, you don't, you don't get easily rattled. You don't get easily upset. I mean, you do get upset, but even, even if you do, you don't just explode and, and go, you know, crazy or psycho as, as, you know, females are typically or stereotypically to do. You usually just like think things through, you don't react. And, and if you do, you'll, you'll catch yourself. I've seen you at least two different times where, I mean, you're, you're beat red in your face and you just like close your eyes, calm down. And I don't know if you have a mantra or what you do, but you, you calm yourself down and then just get back to it. Yeah. And I, you know, and, and that's, and that's admirable in, in any person, not, not regardless of sex or, mm-hmm. or orientation or whatever, you know, that's admirable because a lot of people just want to explode and then deal with the aftermath later. Oh shit. I'm sorry. I hit you. I'm sorry. I did this. You know, at least you have the forethought to like, okay, whatever you go in your mind, it's a good job. You know, you should write that down or put it somewhere and, and share it with people. Yeah. I, you know, usually I'm just like, take a breath is what I'm saying to myself. Just take a breath and think and don't say anything you don't, you, you don't mean. And, you know, I stop. Yeah. Cause then it, it gives you more heartache or headaches later that you have to deal with. You got to clean yeah. up your own mess. Well, and also, I mean, like, I don't just because like I'm hurt or upset. I don't, I don't want to hurt other people. I like, I want to find a solution. I want to get, on. and that's kind of like the thing that frustrates me in this situation is that like, I could have seen myself still being friends with him. Like if he had just said, like, you know, I know what I said. I thought about it. I got cold feet. Like, I don't really want to do that. You know, I would have been hurt, but I would have been like, you know, thanks for being honest with me. Like, I know it's awkward, but I hope we can remain friends. Like, I really enjoy talking to you. With him ghosting me, I'm kind of like, you did. Like, fuck off. <laughs> yeah. And then even then, on top of that, even if you did want to just remain friends afterwards, I mean, the, the I guess the only forgivable excuses that he's dead in a ditch or he's in a coma like one one of those two yeah which which he's not he's he's none of those things i could see that he was active on tinder <laughs> i was like bitch i'm goofy not stupid no <laughs> but you are fun too you 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 are a lot of fun he's sober and drunk you're always fun to hang out with and, I, and i'm frustrated for you as well because well, i mean we've talked about this before or maybe i've mentioned it or drunkenly mentioned that you know like me and mary kind of wanted to have you as like there's a motorcycle that keeps driving by that's why i keep pausing <laughs> okay it's some little kid on a dirt bike and it's frustrating you know i i think i mentioned once or twice to you before that you know me and mary kind of wanted you to be like 
I guess it would be like a thruple, but we didn't use the word thruple. It would just be like our girlfriend yeah. was, was the idea because we both, you know, you're attractive, you're intelligent, you know, you know, a whole bunch of other things that just made you, I guess, desirable to us in that, you know, it's not just, you know, looks and it's not just um, your mind, you know, because, because she and I, I mean, all three of us were calling on the same page as far as, I mean, having that, that lowbrow sense of humor, but also being able to understand intelligence or highbrow jokes yeah. as well. Yeah. And, you know, and that was something that we admired because a lot of people in Derby just, you know, don't get that, uh, that one joke of there's two types of people in the world, those that can extrapolate from incomplete data. You know, most of Derby are the other ones that can't extrapolate. Can't, cannot. And so, yeah. And so that, that sense of humor and that intelligence was what just was like the, the, the basis of like our, I guess, fascination, because usually when we're drunk and we kind of like let things slip out and say things to you or you to us and just nothing came of it, which is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, I just wanted to get that across to the, to the listeners that, Hey, you know, this isn't just some random chick that is or isn't attractive or is just too intelligent to understand guys. Like she's, she's put together. She knows what she's doing. I, I heard pee pants shaking around back there. And I was just like, oh, it is like back to the heart. But anyways, um, is there anything you wish you can get across to males in general that would help better communicate between males and females? Um, I think like one thing I've noticed about male, cause like, and I can say this as somebody who I, I used to work like on an all male um, forensic unit at a state hospital. So like I, I primarily like in my therapy practice, I work, I work with guys and I noticed that a lot of times guys say stuff in the moment and they mean it in the moment. They mean it like, you know, guy, but, um, you know, then afterwards they're kind of like, oh, I I didn't think that through, you know, I got to go rearrange my life. How do I fit this in? Blah, blah, blah. So I would really, um, I would really encourage um, more guys, like, don't just say stuff in the, in the moment. I know that like, you're like, maybe in that moment you're feeling it and you really do mean it, but really like, think about it, take a pause. And think about it before you say it, because I, I think women usually think a little bit more about, you know, like how, you know, how would think, how would this work logistically? So when you say those things, women have probably already thought that out. And so they're like, okay, cool. I'm ready. Let's do this. And which I wasn't, I was, I was totally blindsided when this guy like said this stuff to me. And then I was like, all right, like I could do that. I, I think that's like a big thing. So like really just take a pause, say what you mean. I think also Women are allowed to be a bit more emotional than men are. It's just how we've been socialized, unfortunately. Sometimes when you have to give bad news, I think just women, they're going to cry. <laughs> you still got to do it. You know, uh, an, un- an uncomfortable, a five-minute uncomfortable conversation is a lot better than just like, than ghosting somebody. Even though like, I know like it's not, it, you know, this doesn't reflect on me, this reflects on him. You know, it's, it's like hard not to like, just like feel bad about yourself and, you know, and then like, I'm just walking away from the situation. Like I totally completely hate this guy. And I don't like feeling like that. Like it would be nice if he literally just said like, eh, I don't want to do this. Sorry. I've done, I, I don't even know what the word would be for it. So I'll describe a situation. So there's been times where a skater will show interest either. I'm either not attracted to them or I just don't want to, you know, shit where I eat or whatever. So usually I will come on overly strong and, and show, you know, all the kinks or, or let out, you know, oh yeah, I like to do this, that, and the other. 
before even the date is over or even before I even realized, I'm freeze it. I didn't realize I was on a date until someone else told me, oh, hey, so how's it going? Like, what are you talking about? That's happened to me a few times. I got a little bit bent out of shape about that. There were a couple of male derby players when I was skating with the co-ed league that, you know, they framed it like, oh, like, let's hang out. And I was like, you know, like, like get to know your new league mate. And then like, I found out they told the whole team that like we were on a date and we were dating. And I was like, uh, uh-uh. <laughs> yeah. So, so something like that. Right. So the, 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 the date is, is an unknown date to me. It's, it's unknown to me. It's just, you know, uh, another skater told me, Oh, Hey, let's go meet up over here. And you know, oh, we're, there's gonna be like four or five other skaters are going to be there and blah, blah, blah. And then it ends up being like three of us. And then one of them has to leave early. So now it's just two of us. So we just hang out, whatever, you know, it's Derby. We just friends. Yeah. And then later on, I realize the way she's talking to me, the way she's asking things, the way things are going, this is like a setup date, I'm like crap. And so my reaction, because I have no interest in this person or they're not attractive or whatever the reason I decided like go to a hundred, you know, instead of one to 10, I go to 12, 15, whatever, mm -hmm. but I turn up, I amp up my sexual kinks, desires and all that to scare them off, turn them off, keep them away. So is there a term for that? What would you call that? Um, what would I call that? But, I mean, you, we can come back to that or circle back. I'm, I'm just yeah. keep that in mind because my thought to that or reasoning is I think it'd be better to do that. Seem might my, my, make myself look like the asshole. Like I'm just a pervert or whatever, but I didn't do anything with her. I didn't try anything. I didn't touch her. I didn't do anything inappropriate. I just voiced my preferences, my opinions to let them know, Hey, if I'm going to do anything with you, you need to be like on this level, not, you know, just this vanilla. Mm -hmm. Okay. We're going to do this in, in, in the bedroom. No, we're going to do this in an alley behind a dumpster. And if they're not there, then we're, we're just wasting time. And, and that's what I put out. But the reasoning or my reasoning is I don't want it to get back to the league. I don't want it to get back to any circles that I'm just out here sleeping with all these skaters willy nilly. Yeah. That was my first and foremost thought is I didn't want that reputation. It turns out later that I got, I kind of got that reputation, but it was because people were jealous or um, making up rumors because they like, oh, well, you know, he's just doing it because I turned them down. Mm -hmm. I think it's, it's really, really tough when you wind up in the situation where you're like, surprise, I'm on a date. And you're like, Ooh. I don't, first off, I don't, like, that's not a cool thing to do to people. You should state your intentions. That drives me crazy. Like state your intention clearly is, you know, I think, I th and I think for both men and women, I think they need to state their intentions clearly. I mean, I don't, I don't want this to sound like awful or stereotyping, but I don't assume, I, d I just don't assume anything with men. You know what I mean? Like if you tell me this is what you want and this is what we're going to do, then it's like, okay, so that's what's happening. So it, if that hasn't been communicated to me, I don't assume anything. And I think that's something that's really, really important is don't assume anything state your intentions clearly. Um, when I have found myself in the situation of being on a surprise date and like, I realize it, I cut, I end it like right then and there, like the moment I realize it, I'm like, well, you know, it was like nice chatting with you. I got to go. I'm really, really busy. You know, I got to get to bed early and do all this and blah, blah, blah. And I make my exit that way. Yeah. And then, and, and I get that that's totally like the proper, the most correct way to do it. My reasoning and rationale for being a jerk, an asshole, whatever, overly perverted. My fear was if I turn them down or tell them, oh, no, I don't want to date you. No, this is it. This is over. I didn't want that to later be an attack on her, on her person, on her attractiveness, on her self-esteem or anything like that, that she would later retaliate in something. And this is way before me too. So it, this isn't like, oh, me too. And I was scared of something. Said. Yeah. Yeah. No, and I, 
I, I get like, you know, like trying, and I've definitely done that too, where there's been certain situations where I've realized I'm on a date I don't want to be on. And like, I totally try to turn the guy off. I learned the hard way not to do that because there was a couple times where people were like, I can be weird too. And I was like, Oh no, <laughs> this is not what I wanted. Right. So, Damn it. <laughs> this, that's why I just go with, uh, Oh, I'm going to go home now. Bye. <laughs> so I guess that would work better, but you know, the, with males, you know, there's always that aura of being a jerk, mm -hmm. being an asshole, and then trying something or, you know, more people, pe generally people are just more apt to believe something bad about someone. They're, they just want the drama. It's just, that's why national Enquirer and all that's always, you know, in business because people want to see drama people yeah. either feed on it or whatever you want to call it. And so I just didn't want that one time that I went ahead and did something like, ah, fuck it has been a couple of days since I've done anything. Let's go ahead and hook up with the skater and then regret it just because now she wants something super serious or because I did X, Y, or Z wrong or whatever. And I, I think that's also the key thing too. And I, and I would say this to, to women as well, like in not only like, should you state the intention that you're on a date or want to be on a date, state the intention of the date clearly like when i went on my first date with this guy like i was very upfront with what my intentions were he asked me like so what are you looking for out of tinder and i said honestly like i was like i was like i'm you know i'm just looking to meet people and get to know them and see what develops i was like i am casting a wide net i'm not gonna lie to you i'm giving you any false pretenses about that i was like but you know like i'm i'm open to something developing into something more i'm not in a rush though I want to get to know people and see if that's what I want. And, you know, and he told me that's exactly what he was doing. And so it worked because there was a different guy before him that I went on two dates with. And I told that guy that, and, um, that guy, you know, at the end of the first date, after I told him that was like, yeah, yeah, me too. And then he was like, well, you're the only person I'm seeing and I'm putting all my energy into. And I was like, okay, <laughs> that's wow. not the same thing that I'm doing <laughs> at all. That's not the same want as me. And he was like, no, no, it totally is. I was like, no, it's like, you did not listen to me at all. And so I kind of walked away like a little uncomfortable. And so I was like, maybe he was just like nervous. And so we went on another date. And I remember on the second date, like, you know, he was asking me what my plans were throughout the week. And I had mentioned a couple times, you know, that I was going to hang out with friends and do this and that. And he kept being like, oh, is it like a date? And like, but kind of like real, like a little, a little aggro asking me. And I was kind of like, I'm not comfortable having that conversation with you. And, and like, I did tell you I'm seeing other people. And then I had been working overnights at the time on weekends. I had been doing a lot of overnight shifts. So I was just really, really tired. And there was like one night where he, I think he was drunk and he sent me a bunch of weird texts and I just didn't know how to respond to them. So I was like, mm, I don't want to embarrass him in case he was drunk. And so then, you know, he, you know, he messaged me and then he wanted to hang out. And I was like, you know, I was like, I'm, you know, I hung out with you the past couple weekends, past two weekends, and it had only been two days. I was like, and I want to, you know, like I need to sleep. I was like, you know, like the overnights really are rough on me. Like I need to spend Sunday sleeping. Like I, I can't do this where I just take a nap and then hang out with you. So like, I'm really sorry. And like, cause like I wanted to tell him to his face, like I'm not feeling this. We're not on the same page, but I wanted to be well rested when I did it so that I didn't like say anything rude or mean. And so um, I remember I got out of my shift that morning and I went to sleep and I woke up to like this crazy wall of text from him that was like, you're not interested. What did I do wrong? Like, you need to tell me why you lost interest in me. And it was just like this very aggressive wall of text and like, we need to fix this and talk. And I was like, whoa, like it had been, like, I didn't respond to it. Cause I was just like, honestly, like I, I don't, I don't know how to deal with this at all. Like this is very inappropriate. 
So we just didn't. That's too much drama to deal with at one time, especially when you're just waking up. Yeah. Well, and especially when you've only been like, we literally like talked online and you know, like we talked on Tinder, we chatted on Tinder for maybe like a couple weeks. And then, like I said, we went out two weeks in a row. It was only two dates. It was very casual, very platonic. And I was just like, I'm not feeling this. You know, this guy clearly didn't listen to me. And that was a big red flag to me too. Like when I had said what I was doing, what I wanted, and then he started kind of getting bent out of shape about it, like on the second date. And I was just like, this is not good. Um, and like the vibe I got from him was it wouldn't have mattered like what woman was sitting there. Like he just wanted a girlfriend. It didn't matter who it was. That, that kind of touches on something that I want to talk about or I guess get more information about it. But there's this one guy on, he's like, got a really, I don't know if he has a reality TV show or if he's, um, but I know he's on YouTube as well. He goes by, or they call him Skippy. He sounds a lot like your second date guy. One, one of the things he does, he goes out to dance clubs and his mom has a t-shirt and wears it and says, you know, wing mom. So his mom goes out with him to go pick up girls. He goes on a dance floor, talks to a girl, blah, blah, blah. And there's a, Hey, you want to come back and meet my mom? Who's there at the, at the bar, at the club. And it's just a lot of cringe stuff like that. And I'll send you some links when we're done. That's yeah, that's pretty wild. No. And like I said, with the, with, with the guy who I was actually actively dating, I think too, that was what made it a lot. I guess I've had like the opposite experience of a lot of the skaters you're dating where I'll go out on like one, two, maybe three dates with people. And then they're like, let's be official. And I'm like, that is not enough time. No, no, it's not. <laughs> and so this was like the first guy, like I'd really seen who like was actually like on the same page as me moving at the same speed as me. And so I think that was what made it different and why I like and why I liked it and why I felt a lot safer um, in it. Because it's just like when people, come on too strong like that and want to tie down too quickly when you haven't you know really had a conversation or anything it's really unnerving like like the last relationship I was in when I first moved to Austin was like four years ago and that guy wound up being you know he was pretty abusive and terrible to me I mean like we'd been friends for a while we went on a couple dates and then it was like he started calling his girlfriend like no conversation with me about it um and then it was like we had hung out for maybe like a month and then i was just like what? like how and why are you in my house all the time was was that the guy that uh came with you to the thing with mary yeah okay yeah 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 i i, I got some vibes off of him but i i wasn't in the frame of mind to like just say stuff because I, I was like maybe i read it wrong or whatever no he wound up being a really terrible person um like he was uh, he hit me a couple times and like, you know, would kind of like be very, very, you know, forceful with me, like would just like say terrible things to me. And I'd be like, you need to leave my house. And then instead of like leaving, would like, you know, like grab me, like shove me in the stuff and yell. And I was just like, okay. So when I, when I finally like got rid of him, like that was really. Oh, great. yes, definitely. <laughs> no. And, and to clarify, it wasn't girls that I was, or skaters that I was dating. It was skaters that I gave skating, dating advice to, um, there were two skaters that I dated yeah. and, you know, it could have just been a slip of the tongue. But I only dated two skaters, Mary, and then another one from Houston that that was for a while, but then she moved out of state. So like I said, my biggest goal was to be known as a honest and fair referee before I became an announcer. In that, I decided, okay, I just can't date skaters. I can't do anything with skaters unless it's going to be something serious and long-term, not even hookups or one-night stands or, or whatever, unless I saw I was going to be more serious. So most of the time, it would I would be dating outside of Derby regardless of what the rumors were out there at the time. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I guess it just kind of, like I said, I had the opposite experience of a lot of the skaters that you've talked to. And I guess it just depends on how you come in. And I guess since maybe since I don't come in so 
eager to be married, it makes it more of like a chase for the guy. And then that makes them more like, ah, I gotta, you know, I gotta get this one nailed down. And I'm kind of wondering if maybe that's part of what the dynamic is. Yeah. Wanting what you can't have that that's, yeah, that, that's usually what happens to a lot of guys like, oh, she doesn't want me. Oh, I'm gonna make her mine. No, that's, <laughs> but um, yeah, if, with the skaters that I knew, it wasn't so much marriage that they were looking for. They were looking more for just serious commitment. And and some of them might've wanted um, marriage, but I do know that they were just wanting more serious commit or commitment yeah. from the guys that they were seeing. I feel like whenever you've been seeing somebody, you know, around, around, I would say like the three month mark, I think is that's kind of where you've got to shit or get off the pot in a lot of ways. Um, that's where you're kind of like getting to that point where it's like, okay, like we've been seeing each other and we're kind of falling into this, you know, this pattern, like it's time to be real. Like, is this going somewhere or should we price? Yeah. We're not going to live forever. And it's yeah, not conducive. I mean, yeah, it, it's nice to have somebody to slap and tickle with every now and again, but there's also that feeling of just having someone that's going to be your cheerleader or someone that you can even lean on. They don't even have to be cheering for you and doing the best thing, but someone you can just like turn at the end of the day, like, oh, yeah, today sucked. Or, or, you know, even somebody you can be like, you know, this cool thing happened, somebody that you can like share your celebrations and stuff with too. Um, but I, I think really around like the three month mark. And like I said, with this guy, we got to about the five, almost six month mark. Um, and like I said, I haven't really pushed the conversation earlier because, you know, like I had thought about like asking about it, but then I was like, oh, like he's, you know, like, you know, like his mom, like literally just got back from being away from me for a year. Like there's a lot on his plate that he's going to deal with. So I just kind of was like, you know, let's just see what happens where it goes. Hmm. Well, I mean, I'm, I'm glad that you have that, that positive outlook and, and that you have your background in mental health that you can like at least and not analyze yourself, but at least look at yourself like, okay, this doesn't work and move on and have um, healthy coping mechanisms instead of, you know, dragging yourself in a bottle or with some ice cream and, you know, wallowing on, on the, you know. Um, I mean, I thought about it, but I didn't do it. Yeah, no, I mean, and, and it's fine that you can like, you know, even sit there. I mean, I, I have a, actually, I probably need to get a new one. I have some frozen sorbet because I'm lactose intolerant. So mm -hmm. if anything goes bad, I'll probably have to get a new one. And I mean, that, that's not to say that like, I didn't, you know, I didn't cry about it. I mean, like I did cry. And after like so many days that it became clear that he ghosted me, um, you know, I gave him a piece of my mind about what I thought about that. And, you know, told him to lose my number. Cause I don't, I don't want him like showing back up after doing that. That's, you know, incredibly terrible thing to do and at this point it's like no matter what your explanation is like it doesn't fucking matter too much time has passed mm -hmm. and, and, and <laughs> unless you were like dead in a ditch somewhere you slipped into a coma but he, you know as we established he did not yeah and he's and it's and it's a very ultimate form of disrespect because you know you're whatever he's trying to do either get over one on you or, or being sneaky and doing whatever he's doing behind your back or you know what's going on in his mind whatever that, that is i can understand that it's just going to be that emotional loss because you'd invested so much time, you invested yourself, you invested your feelings, your emotions, and mm -hmm. you know, all these other things that you do. So yeah, I get that emotional loss and it, it's frustrating because I want to cry sometimes and like, let things go, but I just have that old machismo gen X thing in my mind that I can't do that. And, you know, I'll just like mm -hmm. well up, choke up and it just won't let it head out. So I, I know that's something I need to work on and find a mental health. Problem. I mean, I, and I had, a, I'm a, you know, I'm a very prideful person too. So like I had a really hard time, like just letting go and crying. I was just like, you know, part of me 
didn't even want to send a text. Like I was like, I was like, part of me just wanted to like show up at the parking lot of his apartment and be like, come down and face me, you coward. Like <laughs> explain yourself and then I'll get out of your hair. Like I promise I won't bother you anymore. But then I was like, that's kind of a little wild. I don't want to do that. But you know, it's, it, it's hard. And I mean, like part of like why I posted on Facebook too, is like on top of like, just feeling terrible and like sad about the whole thing I just noticed that I was starting to feel like really really like ashamed which was just making it worse and I was like you know like if I don't open up about this and talk about it I'm not going to be able to like get over it like I'm going to be sad for a much longer period of time yeah and getting your feelings out I mean understand getting them out is good and healthy yeah and like and even talking to other people who've been in similar situations where they're like yeah like I dated somebody for that many months and you know, and they just disappeared on me too. And like, it's a total mind fuck. And it's like, okay, like, so it's not, it's not like, I'm not the only person this has happened to. Cause it, it's a very like isolating feeling at first. And, and the other thing is, is like, it's this guy clearly has some kind of intimacy issues. Like something happened over the past couple of weeks after he said all that, maybe he got cold feet, reached out to an ex and started talking to them and then was like, Ooh, I can't face you. Who knows? But it's, you know, it says a lot more about him than it does about me. Yeah. Is, is there a um, mental health term for just realizing that you're not alone that's helpful, even though you don't go any through any classes or therapy or anything, but just knowing that you're not alone in, in some instances, is there a, a medical term for that or mental health term for that? There's not really like a medical or, or a mental health term. I know Brene Brown's kind of cheesy. She's She studies vulnerability. Um, she's a clinical social worker out of Houston who studies vulnerability and a lot of people like her. She has a few TED Talks on it. But I like the one thing that I will say is like usually like when things like this happen to us like we feel like you know rightfully so like I felt humiliated like you feel humiliated embarrassed stupid you feel ashamed and the way that you combat shame and that you reduce the feelings of shame is you have to talk about what's causing you to feel ashamed and connect with other people who have maybe gone through a similar situation the, the reason I was saying that is so when when Mary first passed away like I was just like in my feelings, drinking myself to, to stupor, you know, I was just a fun functional alcoholic at work. Mm -hmm. It wasn't until almost uh, six, seven months later that I found out that there are like young widows groups on Facebook. I just figured, yeah, there's widows groups out there, but I figured they were for like 60 and up mm -hmm. and there are widow groups for, you know, 20, 30, whatever age it is before the typical 60 plus years. We, in the mental health field, we would call that like a, like a mutual support community or a mutual aid community where it's like, it's people, it's, it's peer support. Um, and peer support is like really powerful. It's probably one of the most powerful experiences you can have. That's why group therapy is so important why people do that because it's like, I, as the clinician can say and talk you through anything. Um, but it's a lot more meaningful when, when a peer who's been through a similar situation to you, you know, get, gives you feedback or builds you up or tells you, Hey, like I've lived through the same thing here. Here's how I got through it. Like when they share, you know, me as the clinician sharing a coping skill, isn't the same as, as somebody who's lived through the same thing as you telling you, like, here's the positive coping skill I use that got me through it. Um, so we, we call that like the peer experience. I mean, just knowing that there was a group because I hadn't signed up, I hadn't done anything. Mm -hmm. I was just, okay, that, that, that was enough for me to kind of snap me out. It took me like another two or three months before I actually like applied and joined because you have to ask her a bunch of questions mm -hmm. uh show proof that you know you were you were married and so uh, or show proof of marriage and show proof of, of their passing mm -hmm. and uh, or, or for some of the groups other groups you could just get in but there'd been a lot of like kind of scams happening through them so they got more stringent in getting letting people in um but just having that knowledge was was helpful for me yeah before I went ahead and, and followed through, because like I said, I still have that mentality or, or grew up with the whole boys don't cry, boys mm -hmm. don't show their feelings, all this other stuff. 
And so, you know, trying to wrap my head around that, just realizing, okay, I feel better knowing that there's others out there. So maybe I should go ahead. And it was just a constant inner dialogue that I kept going with over and over again to find, you know what, fuck it, let me just do it. Quit talking about it, be about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no. And I think, I think that's, that's the key thing. I think a lot of the times with, with getting through tough stuff like that is it's not even necessarily um, about, you know, like you screaming from the rooftops, your situation. It's, it, it's really, really cathartic to just know that there are other people. You're like, oh, this is so much less isolating. Like I feel so much less lonely. Like here's this person and, you know, they were in a similar situation to me and they felt terrible. And now look at them. They're kicking it in the dick. They're just rocking it. Um, so I, I think that's also very helpful for people. I love your turns of phrases. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I just want to thank you for being on the show again. Is there anything you want to like leave off on? If you could like have a, uh, a special notification, get a push notification out there or a tweet that everybody would read in the world, what would be something out there that you want everybody to know? Um, yeah, what I would want people to know, um, you know, any anytime you're going through some sort of crisis or terrible thing, the moment you start feeling that sense of shame or embarrassment like that, that for me, it's like that need to hide when I feel like I need to like cocoon myself in blankets and hide and not talk to anybody. I think that's when it's most important to reach out to the people around you and tell them what's going on in your head. Even if it's like a tweet, like a public tweet or a Facebook post, like tell them like, you know, like this happened and I'm, and I'm hurting, which is, you know, what I did. And, and it, you'll be pleasantly surprised to find out like, the connection through other people. Um, I know like some people may think that it's like compliment fishing, but I think that's like appropriate compliment fishing. Like you're like, I'm having, like, I'm, you know, I'm losing it right now. And so it's, it's a good way to ask for support and to get some of that like positive affirmation across yourself and pull your kind of pull yourself out of that hole before you get in too deep. Good answer. I like that. Val, thanks again for being on the show. I appreciate you being here and I'm sorry for not reaching out to you sooner and just in general and stuff, because I've been, I've been a shitty friend overall because my Facebook friends list, I try to keep it under 200 just so I can like, okay, be able to keep track of the people I actually mm -hmm. care about and talk to and stuff. And so one, I want to apologize for that, but thank you again for just stepping up and taking care of PP pants. Cause that was a huge, I mean, you, I cannot explain how important that was for me at that time when I needed it. And I really appreciate it. You're welcome. And, and thank you for, um, you know, reaching out and letting me, uh, you know, share, you know, what happened to me in a cathartic way. And, and thanks for all the nice things you said about me too. You know, that makes me feel really good and kind of pumps me up a little bit again because my confidence and self-worth was pretty shaken there. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I, I totally understand. And so thanks again for being here and for all my listeners. I love you. You're worthy of it till next time. Besos. Can you hear me? Yes. All right. Let's wait a minute. You're supposed to record separately. Why are you not recording separately? Oh, well. So it's been a while since I've seen your face. It's, it's, it's nice. Sorry. Cause you're the camera. Sorry. The camera's right here, but your picture's over there because I have a nice little studio setup. But anyways, so how's life been? What have you been up to? What's going on? Um, it's not too bad. Um, I got promoted within the state. So I work, I do quality management now. I make a little bit more money, I review programming. I'm almost totally out of debt. Uh, I joined an all women's boxing gym. We do a lot of weightlifting and boxing. 
Yeah, I see your guns. I was like, whoa, I'm I feel kind of emasculated a little bit, but damn, look at you. Oh yeah. So I'm gonna do an intro myself, you, we know each other there. We haven't seen each other in person since Mary, right? Yeah, I think so. Because every time I've been into town, it's been like something, something's come up. Okay, so introduce you as Val, friend from Derby. Uh, 